Good morning. It is good to see everybody this morning. Good to have people back in town. Good to have a little rain this morning. Um, This morning I'm going to talk to you about uh, a father's final instructions. Kind of talk about how we need to seek God, know God, serve God. And um, how his presence is always with us. When we seek him, we will find him. God is uh, available and ready to save and to fill you with his Holy Spirit right now. We've never... Once we accept Christ as our Savior, we or in his presence, and I'm thankful for that this morning. Um, a while back, there were a couple little boys that were brothers. A couple little boys were brothers, and they, they would get in trouble every now and then. They were about nine or ten years old, and they, they, they were constantly getting in trouble. So when something happened, of course, they were the first ones. They were the first ones people come looking for to see if they had done it. And, and oftentimes they had done it. So they weren't a regular in church, but their family had started going to church, and, and their pastor was known to be pretty good with uh, young boys and helping them, uh, helping uh, foster their, uh, their care along and, 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 and molding them into young men. So they took, him to, took one of them to the pastor. He said, I want to talk to them one at a time. He said, I don't know where they are. I don't know how much they know about God. I want to talk to them one at a time. So the first little boy comes in. He's a younger one. Preacher looks at him and says, where is God? Little boy just sat there. He said, so the preacher repeated. He said, where is God? Little boy didn't say a word. So finally, the preacher said it loud. He said, in a booming voice, he said, where is God? And he scared him and he ran out, he ran out the church door. And he found his brother. And his brother's like, hey, what is the preacher? What, 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 what do they think we've done? And, and the little brother looked at him and says, evidently God's missing. They think we've got something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to tell you you can't run from the presence of God. He's not missing. He's doing exactly what God's supposed to be doing because he's perfect. And this morning I want to talk to you about... Again, a father's final instructions. I'm going to talk about David and Solomon. And it reminds me, when I read stories like this, of my dad. Again, I was blessed with a wonderful dad. I told you stories about him. I wish you could have known him. But uh, towards the end of his life, probably the last 10 years or so of his life, we we worked together, me and him and my brother-in-law, and and we worked together. And my dad uh, sometimes would like to be in charge and... It was easier if I just let him. But I'll never forget, uh, he battled lung cancer for almost 10 years, nine and a half years, survived with it, and, and had a really good recovery. Uh, he was really sick the first year and a half, two years. Wasn't sure if he was going to make it. And then he, he recovered 
really well, was able to do some things for the next seven or eight years, and then the last year of his life, the last eight or nine months of his life, was pretty tough, and it was inevitable, that, you know, what was going to happen. And I'll never forget um, when the process had started where, you know, we were sure that he was leaving this world. Um, I took several days off work, and we'd lay and watch the same episodes of Mannix, and, um, oh, heck, I can't think of the name of the shows right now. But we'd lay there and watch him, and he was in and out, and, and then all of a sudden he looked at me. He'd been asleep. He looked at me. I was asleep. He looked at me and said, son, I want you to know one thing. I said, yes, sir. He said, I'm still the boss. <laughs> he may put an adjective in front of boss. And I said, yes, sir. And there were some things before this there were some things in business and in personal life that he wanted me to take care of. He, he asked me to do a few things. Probably a few months before he died. There's some specific things that he wanted me to take care of. And my goal was to take care of them before he passed away. I didn't quite make it. But he really, there were some things on his heart that he wanted to see done. And, and when he told me those things, I was passionate about trying to fulfill those things. One of them was a customer we had uh, been trying to sell to, and, and I found out a few days before things got bad that we weren't going to get that customer. I never told him that because he'd worked real hard to, to, to get there. But the rest of the stuff, as I do it, I almost did it like a checklist. I would tell him how far I went. And there were a few things. It took me a year or two to finish after he passed away. And this morning in this scripture that I'm going to read, David is kind of doing the same thing with Solomon. Uh, I'm going to read Chronicles, uh, 1 Chronicles 28, 9. But David is wanting to build the temple. And God lets him know that he's probably not going to be around to build it. It's towards the end of David's life. So David is passing these instructions to Solomon to make sure that these things get done. I'm going to read just one verse of, of 1 Chronicles 28. I'm going to read the ninth verse. And it says, And you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father, and serve him with single mind and willing heart. For the Lord searches every mind and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will abandon you forever. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for, uh, for your presence here, Lord. Just thank you for, for this church, Lord, this community, Lord. And I just pray that as we, we study your word this morning, that you, that you work in our hearts, Lord. That we receive the message that... Uh, that you have for us, Lord, and we apply it to our lives. Lord, thank you for so much for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And again, near the end of David's life, uh, he gave Solomon a charge. And that charge I just uh, read, and it pertained to building a temple. And he talked about, in this charge, he gave Solomon, he told him about his duty, his duty towards God, his motivation to fulfill his duty, and some promises regarding whether or not Solomon fulfilled the duty. So he, he was wanting him to promise that he's going to fulfill his duty. And um, 
this charge actually has application in our lives today. And that's what I want to work to. Just, what does this mean for us today? How can we apply this to our Christian life, to our daily life, to our walk with God? And again, we have some of the same duties. We have some of the same uh, responsibilities. We should have the same motivation. And we should be seeking to fulfill some of the same promises. Again, uh, our duty is to seek God. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on seeking God, because once you seek God, he's going to find you. He's there. He's waiting on you. Once you seek him, you have to know God. So you need to seek God, know God, and once you know God, you're going to serve God. So seek God, know God, serve God. Our duty is to know God. That's our duty. We need to know God as our Father, as our Savior. You see, nothing's more important in life than to truly know God. Thus saith the Lord, Do not let wise boast in their wisdom. Do not let the mighty boast in their might. Do not let the wealthy boast in their wealth. But let those who boast in this, that they understand and know me. And I am the Lord. I act with steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For these things I delight, says the Lord. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. You see, we want to know God. And again, we serve a Lord that loves us so much that he came to us. He's seeking us. Harder than we're seeking him. Again, he sent his son. He sent his son from heaven to seek us. So when we seek him, we're going to find him. And now it's our job and our duty to know him. You see, God's made himself know, known. He made his, he's made himself known through creation. Psalm, 1, Psalm 19, 1 through 3 says, The heavens are telling the glory of God. And the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There's no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Hebrews 1 and 2 says, Long ago God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he created the world. In other words, God sent Jesus so we can know Jesus. We don't have to go looking far. He's here. He's present right now this morning. And once we know him and we fall in love with God, it should make us want to do something. That knowledge, if it just stays in our head... It's great to have knowledge. It's great to have knowledge, but if it just stays in my head, I don't have to drive my truck. I do. I drove here this morning. I've got the key. I know the way home. I know how to do it. But if I never put that truck in motion, it, I, I won't get home. Our relationship with the Lord is the same way. 
Once we have this knowledge, we've got to put it in our heart. And when we put it in our heart, it comes out. It comes out in the things that we do, the things that we say, how we lift each other up. You see, once we have that relationship with Jesus Christ and we accept him in our, with our whole heart, we should be overwhelmed. We should be overwhelmed with his peace, his comfort, his love. And we should want to do something with it. Matthew 22, 36-38. Teacher, which commandments in the law is the greatest? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. And then he goes on to say that you should love your neighbor as yourself. So once we receive that love and grace from our Lord Jesus Christ, when we put it in our heart, it should come out flowing that we want to seek and know more about him, but we also want to serve others. There's people in this world that are hurting. There's people in this world that are lost right now. There's people in this world without a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's people in this world who don't have their physical needs met. It's our duty to, to serve God by serving others in this way. And we should have a willing mind. A willing mind, a cheerful and free spirit when we're serving the Lord. A cheerful spirit when we're serving each other. You see, we do it not to boast of ourselves, not to be hypocritical, not to say, look at what I can do. No, we do it to glorify God. Yeah, we do it to fulfill a need of one of our neighbors, but we do it to glorify God and say, I'm not doing this. I'm doing it in God's name, which means that Jesus is serving you right now. The one who came... And lived a perfect life and died for your sins is the one that's serving you. You see, that's the love and grace that we need to be taking to the world. And we should be doing it willingly. You see, this is the kind of service that God expects from us. Of all Christians. And they're giving and they're serving. 2 Corinthians 8, 12 says, For it is the eagerness, for if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what? One has not to one that has not according to what one does or not does not have. In other words, it's acceptable because of we're doing it in Jesus' name. It's not acceptable because of our power. Again, on my own power, I'm not very strong. I'm pretty weak. I'm pretty weak physically on my own. Spiritually, if I rely on my power, it does not work very well. Physically, we need each other. There's some heavy lifting in the world. We can't do it by ourselves. And spiritually, we've got to rely on the power of Jesus Christ. Again, it's his power that, makes us, or that helps us do things in his name. It's not on our own. Are we committed to serving God completely and willingly? You see, God knows our motivation. He knows our motivation. We should be serving and giving and loving, not expecting anything in return. You see, God knows our heart. He knows our heart. 
David tells Solomon that God, the Lord searches all hearts. So he knows our motivation. He knows why we do things. And again, when we love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, we can do some amazing things, not selfishly, but in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus knew the hearts of men during his earthly ministry, but he also knows, knows the hearts of us today. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says, Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to his eyes. And all will render an account. Again, God knows our heart. Jesus knows our heart. And I love the first sentence there. It says, the word of God is living and active. The word of God is living and active. It's not just laying here on this pulpit this morning. This Bible is the most valuable thing in our lives. But if we lay it on our nightstand, if we use it for a coaster, that's what it is. But when we take those words, we apply them to our lives and we go serve each other. We go serve the ones in need. We go spread the word of Jesus Christ to a lost world. That's the Bible in action right there. It's living. It's living. It's active. Again, being a Christian is a verb, not a noun. It's what we do with our knowledge. It's from getting the knowledge from our head to our heart that really matters. Again, we talk about knowledge in the scripture. But really what God wants for us is that knowledge to be converted from our head to our heart where it overflows with love, an abundance of love, an abundance of grace for each other and for God. You see, we cannot hide. God's everywhere. If he's calling you to do something this morning, if he's calling you to do a ministry this morning, if he's calling you to reach out to somebody that needs help this morning, you need to do it. Because I'm telling you, when he puts a calling on your heart, you can't get away from it. It's there. You see, our promise if we seek him is that he'll be found. We'll know him, but he'll also know us. Second um, Corinthians 15.2 says, He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. In other words, we're called to seek God. We're called to seek God. And that scripture right there out of First uh, Chronicles it tells us that if we seek him, we're going to find him. But the thing about it is in our life, God gives us a choice. We have choices. We make choices every day. We make choices every day. We make decisions every day that affects our life. It may affect other people's lives. 
But right here it's talking about a choice that we have that affects our eternity. Again, when we seek God, He's there. He's available. He's ready to receive us. But He gives us the choice. It's free will. For us to enter that relationship with God, we've got to make a decision. We've got to say, hey, this is the time that I need a Savior. Every day is the time I need a Savior. But if we've never done it, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, are you seeking Him? Do you know Him? Are you serving Him? Again, the choice is ours. The choice is ours. But I can tell you, if you seek God, you're going to know God, you're going to serve God. If you seek God, you're going to know God, and you're going to serve God, because He's available to us all the time. He's there. He's ready, and He's willing to save your soul, and to use you in mighty ways that you never thought possible. If you look at the Bible, God has used some people who didn't think they were good enough, worthy enough, talented enough to deliver or to accept the calling on their life. But I'm here to tell you, if God's calling you, you're equipped, you're ready. Seek his will. Know what he wants us to do in our lives. Let's go and serve him. And this morning, if you're here, if you're listening online and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity this morning to do it. Because again, if, he's, if you're seeking him, he's ready to accept you. He's ready for you to receive him and enter into a relationship with him and to know how he can use you. And he's ready for you to serve. He's ready to send you out. He's ready to send you out to make disciples, to serve the needy. Again, I want to close with just um, the commands that uh, David gave Solomon. Seek God, know God, and serve God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, for your wonderful word, Lord. Just thank you for, uh, for sending your Son, Lord, to save our souls, Lord. I just pray that uh, if there's anybody here, anybody listening online, Lord, that's, that's lost, that don't know you, Lord, I pray that they come that knowing, loving relationship with you this morning. Lord, I pray that you use us in mighty ways, that we seek your will, you, we know your will, Lord, and we're, we're ready to serve you, Lord. I just pray that you use us in ways that we cannot imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.